are your players are your best recruiters because those are the guys that these recruits are going to be around when they get to campus for two, three, four years. So well, when I have my list of guys who are going to come on official visits, unofficial visits, you know, I can kind of gauge personalities like, you know what, this guy is going to be a perfect match for this kid that we're bringing in. And it's, it's the best thing to see them interact with each other, cutting up with each other, laughing with each other, because they'll get the best vibe of who's going to vibe with the rest of the team. They know the expectations. And if you're with one of, one of the new guys, you're trying to feel him out, trying to make sure he has a good time, but also see, like, you know, what is this kid about? Is he going to vibe with us? Is he going to fit in this locker room? Hello and welcome back. Welcome to Up Close in Personnel with Alex Brown. I'm your host, Alex Brown, Director of Recruiting with Rice University, and this is the show that talks personnel recruiting and scouting with the best in the industry. A reminder to subscribe, rate, share the show from whatever platform you're listening to. And in this week's episode, we're joined by a repeat visitor in Karina Hargraves. Last time we had her on, we covered her role as the on-campus recruiting coordinator for Georgia Tech in the process of setting up visits. For this episode, we focused on Karina's internship experience with the Cardinals over the summer and the return of game day visits. What should the thought process be for recruiting coordinators that are planning these events? What are coaches, recruiters, what are we paying attention to during these conversations and interactions with recruits? These visits are no different than job interviews, and a first foot forward for many PSAs could really set the tone for a positive recruiting experience. So regardless of whether you're a coach, recruiter, recruit, or parent, this is an episode chock full of advice. Be sure to take some notes. We really appreciate Karina making time for this episode. And before we get rolling, here's a quick word from our sponsors over at War Room. War Room is an all-in-one software product that's used by schools in all FBS conferences. That includes 20% of the teams ranked currently in the top 25. So for managing your team calendar, depth charts, off-season performance, team communication, recruiting boards, and so much more, this is the product that can take your team to the next level. So please be sure to check them out at collegewarroom.com for a free demo today. And finally, it's time to bring in our featured guest of the week, Karina Hargraves. Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Karina, it's been 443 days since I last had you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, ready to get the season started. Doing really good. How's everything with you? Doing good. Really, I'm, I'm excited to bring you on because last week we had Brian Carrington and he talked about his internship with the Rams as a coach. And you went through a similar internship during training camp with the Cardinals. Um, you're one of 40 women to participate in the Women in Careers in Football Forum with the NFL, which is awesome. So hats off to you for that. But can you talk us through how that internship was with the Cardinals? Oh, it, it was great. Um, really my first taste of working in the NFL. Um, I, I wasn't sure, you know, originally 
did I want to work in the NFL? Do I want to stay in college? Um, but really after the forum, I mean, that was two days of Zooms with, you know, all kinds of people. Um, we had the commissioner on, uh, we had a couple general managers on, and then depending on what kind of uh, fields you wanted to go into, whether it was administration, operations, scouting, you, uh, you name it, you had all these people on. And after those two days, just meeting all these people, and I, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, you know what, like, I, I could do this. So after the draft is kind of when some opportunities started to pop up um, and, you know, a couple things worked out, a couple things didn't, obviously. So um, I ended up um, accepting the internship with the Cardinals actually beginning of June. Um, and, you know, once I got that news, went straight to Coach Collins, went straight to my boss, our general manager, Pat Suttis, kind of laid it out there like, you know, it's going to be six weeks during training camp. Um, and, you know, they were super fired up. You know, thankful. I was thankful that they you know, even let me go. Um, I think just with the dead period being all of August, um, that one uh, quiet period in July, you know, um, it really kind of opened that door where, you know, I could be away for six weeks. Of course, have my laptop on me, having to do whatever I need to do for tech, but being able to be dialed in at, at the Cardinals was an awesome experience, especially in operations, which I haven't really gotten too much experience in, so the six weeks was awesome. But it's like we were talking about the other day on the phone. Um, there's just so much crossover when you're running a visit, when you're running an official visit, unofficial game day, what have you, all the things that go into your current role. So um, talk us through, because there's a lot more crossover than most people realize. So can you talk about like the day-to-day, what that actually looked like during training camp for you with the Cardinals? No doubt. Uh, so really when I first got there, um, the Cardinals are a little bit different. Um, they essentially go off site from the facility. So uh, the facility is actually in Tempe, um, which is on the east side of Phoenix. Um, and then I was there for about a week just getting ready for training camp, um, getting signs ready, documents ready, transportation, that kind of thing. Um, and then after a week, uh, we transitioned over to Glendale, which is on the west side. Of, of the valley is what they call it. Um, so just, you know, setting up the hotel within itself, you know, took a day or two. So it's making sure the meeting rooms are set correctly with tables and chairs, um, making sure that, you know, we have the correct spaces we need, um, making sure we everything that we're bringing from the facility gets over to the hotel we were staying in for training camp. So a lot of that is not its operations but, you know, from my background in recruiting operations, you know, it's kind of a little bit of the same thing. You know, just if I'm planning a visit, you know, I'm going through our facility, our, you know, these things set up is and our, our lights on our chair set, that kind of thing, even with official visits. You know, just making sure that the transportation is right, arrangements, all that kind of stuff. So while it's a different type of operation, you know, it, a lot of the skills that I acquired from recruiting, just the the organization, the forethought of things, that kind of thing, you know, that kind of stuff definitely translated um, into more football operations with training camp. Um, and then once training camp started, you know, it's something different every day. Um, just making sure coaches have what they need, players have what they need going into meetings, you know, if they have questions about things like like tickets. Um, team travel is a lot of what I did um, get, during training camp. So once training camp started, 
and doesn't it kind of runs itself. So um, toward the end of training camp, I assisted with um, that last preseason game that never was in New Orleans. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that was that was the craziest thing I've ever really experienced. Um, not to go too much off topic, but we I come in on Friday morning and um, the the game's been moved from 7 p.m. to noon. So obviously that doesn't affect your outbound, but it affects your game day and coming back. So we're in the air and I just so happened to look at the flight tracker and we made a little loop around Houston and I'm kind of looking at it. I'm like, is that right? Uh, are we going the opposite way? So I tapped the person next to me. It's like, look at this real quick. And we both kind of look at it, just kind of looking around like, does anybody else see this right now? And lo and behold, maybe two minutes later, they make the announcement um, on the plane saying the game was canceled and we turned around. Wow. So even that, you know, kind of brings us new um, contingency you have to think about as well. So especially with the rookies or the guys that just got to the team, don't necessarily have a place to stay yet. You know, they were supposed to be in a hotel. So it's moving up um, their hotel stay in a day instead of getting there, you know, Saturday night, Sunday morning, they're getting there. Now it's Friday, arranging buses, transportation, all that kind of stuff. So again, a lot of similar skill sets as to what I do in recruiting that translates over to operations just in a different way. Um, But yeah, like the day-to-day always something different. It was a lot of fun just being able to, you know, with the staff that I worked with, um, meeting coaches, players, you know, it was really, really good. Yeah. Was there, I mean, talk about having to improvise on your feet. I mean, you were talking about that on the last time you were on, but uh, what did you notice from like, you know, the superiors, people that you were working with at the Cardinals, like when they had that all thrown on their plate, because you know, now instead of having a game day schedule, y'all have to figure stuff out when you get back because you know how coaches are like, they're ready to do something. They don't want to just sit at home while you wait for a game. Right. So like you're immediately hitting the ground running. Um, what did you see from them just in terms of like how they approached it? As far as like the ops team just in training camp or no, no, to that, that specific that situation, that specific oh, yeah. situation. Yeah. So it, it was hard because, well, first of all, you're, you're in the air. You don't have too much communication on the ground. So once you found out the game is canceled, you know, um, the person I kind of reported to, Matt Carasciolo, he kind of signaled over to me like, hey, once we get service, I need you to do this X, Y, and Z. Call the hotel, arrange, you know, this kind of thing. Because we didn't, our advanced guy that was already there, Andrew Steele, you know, I'm sure he was making his arrangements over there after the game was canceled. So we were kind of trying to figure out, you know, what, what do we need to do? What's already been done? So really, and of course, everyone has questions. So I look up and you have all the operations guys are talking to each other. We're talking to the general manager. We're talking to um, the head coach, the head coach's assistant, all these people who, you know, are, are heavily involved in planning the trip, planning team movements, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I mean, once you're in the air and you can't, there's only so much you could do. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was, wow. So once we landed, kind of figured out, you know, Andrew was already in New Orleans. He'd handled a lot of the stuff already. Because obviously he was on the ground and he can kind of take lead on that kind of thing. So once we landed, it was more so just kind of figuring out the schedule moving forward. What are you going to do? What are we going to do on Saturday now? Yeah. Um, I think that maybe just turned into a lift. Um, God. Through. Did Andrew so, get out of there? 
Yes. So he made it to Dallas, and then he flew from Dallas back to Phoenix. Wow. Like, I, I remember seeing, even on Twitter, just airports were packed. Um, rental car locations were packed. I was like, I hope these people get out. And then, lo and behold, they, sh- they shut down the airport like midday Friday, I think. So he was lucky enough to get out and made it back to Phoenix and everything. Wow. And then for you, like, you know, seeing kind of that side of it, you know, kind of more operational focus than necessarily just purely recruiting and like the experience, like now that you're back at Georgia Tech, what are some like key lessons that you took away? Like, I am going to incorporate this the minute I start doing visits again, you know, for whether it's home games or unofficial visits or just recruiting travel? I think really just in general now before I'm just more aware of what goes into everything, just more aware of just operations. How are you guys doing this? How are you guys doing that? So even seeing things like over the summer, we utilize buses, for example, for official visits. And I've never, we've never done that before. So here you did a lot of buses. We did van, we you know did vans, for example. Um, and during training camp, to go from the hotel over to um, the stadium. So just kind of thinking about that sort of travel, thinking about like team travel and relating that to how I can incorporate that into recruiting travel instead of just doing it individually. What's a better way to do it um, overall with the entire group more efficiently? Um, yeah. Kind of the same thing with like just like lodging in hotels and stuff um, with rooms, setting up rooms, organizing that kind of thing. So I wouldn't say I, I don't, this sounds weird, but I, I'm a little more aware now before I was, I just, okay, yeah, it's going to get done. Now I kind of think about it a little bit more like, okay, this is you know, some of the things that operationally for the entire team that we're going to do. I'm not, fo- for me, I'm not focused on 15 individual families. Now I'm looking like as a unit, as a whole, kind of coming from, you know, the more operation side. Yeah. And seeing how you can like group it and bunch it. But I think like the biggest takeaway is just like seeing around corners, you know, anticipating problems because you already have experience doing it, but now you see a different lens. Exactly. Uh, just being able to to think ahead, you know, when that game was rescheduled, I'm thinking for me, okay, what are some of the things that you you need to do to accommodate this change? First and foremost, how are we going to get out of New Orleans? You have to move the plane, make sure there's staffing um, for said plane, that kind of thing. So it really kind of gave me a better understanding of the entire operation, how to move just overall general movements of people going from A to B to C. Whereas in recruiting, it's, it's, it's the same thing, but it's just not as big of a scale as moving. Well, at this point, you know, that was an 80-man roster at yeah. that point. Plus, so many more coaches, so many more staff. Um, so it was really interesting to see just the being able to do things like that on the operational level. Yeah. And from an operational level, now in your current role, you hit the ground running. I mean, you immediately step into a game and, you know, we're back to home, you know, home game visits. and We're back to it being, you know, actual recruiting season. And I was getting ready for this whole game. Like, holy cow, I haven't done a home game since 2019. Yeah. So um, how excited are you to be back in kind of 
full swing. Um, I'm super excited. You know, I was like, I was able to kind of get a lot of my game day stuff, game day prep done while I was in Arizona. So when I came back, you know, I definitely hit the ground running. Um, but, you know, I wasn't panicking necessarily just because I knew I'd already got all the major stuff that needed to get done. So once we get to game day, you know, I have our meal is set up. Our setup is ready to go. So it's really just, you know, getting the kids here and, you know, obviously we're still in COVID time. So trying to accommodate that piece of it as well. Um, so overall, you know, it gaming operations went really well. Um, just being able to get guys back on campus again, um, experience a relatively full stadium again. Um, so it was, it was great. And I felt like the last time we talked about it, your, your mindset is always, okay, how can we do it better? How can we take what we've learned from the past and like, all right, build on top of that. Was it, I mean, don't want to just say copy and paste, but how much of it was like, Hey, we did a really good job in 2019 versus like, Hey, let's tack this on. Let's try to see if this fits. Um, is there some experimenting that's going to go on? Like, how did you approach it? You know, especially with COVID restrictions. We kept kind of the same elements where we're going to keep some of the same elements that we used in 2019. Um, we were changing, we changed our layout a little bit. So the, the flow of everything is, is going to be really good. Um, just be able to incorporate as much open air as possible um, and kind of trying to keep things as much the same, but different as we can um, just with our, just our general registration setup, um, being able to get the guys in checked in the flow from registration to our recruiting meal um, over, you know, to the field for pregame warmups, all those kinds of things. Now the flow is different than it was in 2019. I'm actually kind of favor this one a little bit better, um, but, you know, just keeping what we do best at, keeping that, those kind of elements the same. Um, we're outside in a different area this year, so we really like being able to get the guys to, you know, kind of experience the overall game day effect in, in Atlanta. So we'll, you know, we'll see the team walk in. We'll see, you know, people outside tailgating. That, did, that didn't change from 2019. Um, just where we are, our location did a little bit. Um, but overall with that kind of just our general game day vibe, um, being able to change it up a little bit, um, having just, having just a fun experience, you know, just being able to hang out with us, you know, it doesn't necessarily just have to be your cookie cutter recruiting experience. You can hang out, vibe with us, watch good football. Um, those are the things that those are the elements of our recruiting visit that we want to keep the same, even though the overall flow might be different. You know, you're you're still going to come to Atlanta, you're going to have a good time, and you're going to enjoy Bobby Dodd Stadium just like you always have. Yeah, it's kind of like just atmosphere, good conversation, good experience, right? Like, I mean, we Absolutely. don't have to overcomplicate it and throw like crazy bells and whistles in it. Like, um, I feel like the touch points are so important as far as like not leaving a kid that you invited to leave without having a conversation with area coach, with position coach or coordinator or head coach, depending on where he's at in the process. Right. So um, kind of what's your mindset with that specifically? Um, I remember we talked about kind of face sheets and like uh, visitor sheets that, that we pass out to our coaching staff and assigning roles to your staff, your, your recruiting staff. But 
Can you talk a little more in depth on what that looks like on game day for you specifically? No doubt. So in general, you know, we want to get our guys safely around as many of our staff as we can, because the way that we kind of organize things here, you know, you're not just specifically talking to your coordinator, your position coach and your area coach. You know, you're going to get to know every single person on the coaching staff, get to know every single person on the support staff. So with things with that, you know, we on game days, you know, we're, we're all going to dap you up. Heck, I'll dap you up, right? So <laughs> you'll like you'll, you're going to get to know us, like just just like we're going to get to know you. You're going to get to know mom and dad, um, just because that's how really how you build relationships. You know, once um, we have we had one of our if you have a recruit on campus. You know, I want to be able to go up to the little brother, you know, say, hey, what's up? Dap you up. Let's hang up, you know, that kind of thing. And that's if you're a defensive player, you know, our offensive line coach, you know, has, has no problem going up to you doing the same exact thing because he has that relationship with you already. So in that aspect of it, you know, just having, you know, just having everybody around. You know, we don't like, I don't want to limit it to just the specific people that you'll technically be working with, you know, just be able to be around everyone, um, meeting every person, because that's really what it's about, I think, you know, just be able to walk away from your experience like, wow, not just that coach was a great person, that whole staff was a great staff. So just really, you know, being around everyone, building those relationships and that kind of thing. What what do you look for when when you're talking to kids? Obviously, Coaches are going to have their evaluations, but, you know, we get a different look at kids, you know, on game day when some of them try to put on a really good face. Some of them mm-hmm. are really looking for attention and some of them are there because they're super excited about your school and everybody has a different reason. Right. But what are you paying attention to during those conversations with mom, dad, brother, sister, kid himself? A lot of times I'm paying attention, like kind of their body language. You know, are, are they happy to be here? Are they here, you know, just checking a box? Or are they genuinely here to learn about us, learn about the school, watch good football, um, meet our staff, that kind of thing? You know, I, would, I love, you know, going up to families, sitting with mom, talking to her, getting the kid involved, because a lot of times, sometimes kids are, once you start talking to mom and dad, you know, they might not, they just stop talking and they let, they let mom do it. And that kind of thing. So really, I like incorporating the kid in those conversations, too, because the kid's just the kid is why he's there. Mom's just as important, just making sure everybody feels the love. Um, but, you know, just can, can I have a conversation with the kid? God, that, that, that is so that is so hard when uh, when a coach is talking to somebody and he asks the kid, you know, hey, so tell me about this. And the mom jumps in and, and just starts going like, uh I mean, in in some families, like, you know, parents are more dominant than others. Like, what do you think that says? It's obviously different case to case, but like, what's your generic, like, takeaway? Like, okay, this says this. I I think it's hilarious when mom just just takes over the conversation and the kid just is kind of there, just kind of like, yep, I'm going to let mom do it. But I like trying to empower the kids sometimes. Now, I will will talk to mom all day. I'm good with that. I'll talk to mom, dad, sister. But I also like to empower the kid a little bit too, you know, make the conversation about him a little bit. Because I think it's easy for, you know, adults to take over the conversation uh, 
kind of kind of look at the kid like, why aren't you talking? You know, and I think some kids do a little bit better when, you know, they're by themselves or they're with peers and that kind of thing. Um, but especially if you're talking to a family, you know, I try to make a point to to talk directly to the kid, you know, because even if he doesn't, you know, say anything outwardly, he has his thoughts, he has his feelings, he has his opinions. So, you know, as much as I can talk with mom for hours and hours and hours, you know, for me, I like getting to know the kid as well, because one of my favorite parts about my job is seeing that transition from him coming on an unofficial visit on a game day, for example. And then, you know, we take that official visit in December, you sign your NLI a couple weeks later, and then you're on campus in January, for example. And, you know, just seeing you walk in the building for meetings, being, being able to just have a regular conversation with you now, because you've been here for a couple weeks. We can, we can actually have a conversation, chat, you know, so really just being able to get to know the kid before he gets on, obviously gets on campus, but building that rapport with him. So when he's on camp, when he's here, he's comfortable. Well, he feels it's like nothing. he has somebody he can go to. Mm-hmm. Like my door is always open. So when I have, when guys walk by, I'll kind of yell their name. Hey, what's up? And they'll kind of like circle back and it's like, Hey, what's going on? So they'll come in and we'll have, we'll, you know, chat for five minutes. How's life? How's class? How's mom? You know, how's, how's sister doing? So just, you know, being able to have them feel comfortable enough with not, not even a coach, just, just me, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, my door is open. And, you know, especially when I got here, you know, all the, I didn't know anyone. Right. So yeah. all the older kids, all the older guys that are on the team, especially right now that are still here, you know, I didn't recruit them. I wasn't here during that process, but I've been able to build a relationship with those guys where they can come in my office and they can sit and talk for five or 10 minutes, just kind of what's on your mind, what's going on. And I can do the same thing with the guys that I actually did recruit from their junior year to now. So really, especially with those guys, the ones that we're actually recruiting that I'm helping recruit, just being able to have them just that comfort level with, you're going to be comfortable with coaches, obviously, but the support staff that, we're not on the field with you. We're not practicing with you. If you need an, an unbiased ear, if you need someone who has nothing to do with what's going on in the field, but you want to talk about life, you want to talk about academics, you want to talk about anything, you know, to me, I mean, that's invaluable. It, it really is. And it kind of creates some space in, in a very, very jam-packed uh, lifestyle. And, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm, I don't want to interject, but I feel like doing official visits and, and involving our players and bringing them along on unofficial visits to like on-campus meals. I feel like I'm not necessarily recruiting our players, but for the old heads, I'm getting a chance to really build a rapport with them. And then I get a feel for like, okay, they like being around these types of guys. This is who they vibe with. These are who they like to play with. Um, do you get the same kind of feeling? Cause that, that's, what's really, that, that's what helped me in 2019 when I first got here. Cause I was able to get a full year in before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Same. So especially with that 2020 class, that was my very first class. So I know those guys probably better than, you know, anybody else on the team. So once we're recruiting for the 2022 class this past summer, 
and even some of the older guys as well, are your players are your best recruiters because those are the guys that these recruits are going to be around when they get to campus for two, three, four years. So well, when I have my list of guys who are going to come on official visits, unofficial visits, you know, I can kind of gauge personalities like, you know what, this guy is going to be a perfect match for this kid that we're bringing in. And it's, it's the best thing to see them interact with each other, cutting up with each other, laughing with each other. Like we did one official visit that was kind of a one-off. And one of the guys that we paired um, the official visit with, they were pretty much the same exact person, just two years apart. So it's, it's, really, it's really good to obviously incorporate your, your players because they'll get the best vibe of who's going to vibe with the rest of the team especially the young guys that came up through, you know, the culture that coach Collins built, they know the expectations. And if you're with one of, one of the new guys, you're trying to feel him out, trying to make sure he has a good time, but also see like, you know, what is this kid about? Is he going to vibe with us? Is he going to fit in this locker room? And sometimes they'll, I mean, they know, you know, this guy's a fit, this guy, probably not. So being able to have our play, we have our players on as much as we can. Just because, again, they're your best recruiters. They know what the expectations are in the program. They know what this program is about. And, you know, if they're with a guy that they don't think is a good fit, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll say something because they're going to share that locker room together for X amount of years. And you just want the best guys and the best fit in that locker room. The honesty meter and, like, the, the, the truth meter of, like, players like they can sniff out fakes so fast quickly there's like no lies are told like they will tell you straight up unprovoked the raw honest truth because again you don't want you don't want this guy in your locker room that you think is going to be a problem that's not going to contribute that thinks they're bigger than the program that kind of thing like they'll, they'll tell you straight up come to my office hey I, I like him a lot he's really good okay awesome Hey, I, I'm not sure about this guy. Awesome. That, that, that's, you know, that, that stuff like we need to know. So that doesn't necessarily say that that doesn't necessarily dictate whether the guy's going to be a take or not, but it, it gives you something to think about overall um, when you're trying to build your roster and try, trying to build your team. Yeah, so on that, the very next day, I think for every recruiting staff across the country, head coach has a post-game staff meeting. And before they talk about, you know, offense, defense, how everybody played, all that, hey, recruiting, how was the visit? Who all came in? What did we get from yesterday? What are the top three things that you are communicating to your staff, your head coach? And I really wanted to ask this question mainly for uh, myself, but also for recruits that listen to the show, because, you know, like, I, I think it's more or less on a job interview for a lot of these kids. They are interviewing every single time they're in front of you, every single time they're on the phone and every time they're emailing and texting you, right? So what are the top three things that you're communicating to the staff from your interactions with kids? See, I'd say number one, for me, and I'm not talking, there's, there's nothing on the field because looking at, you know, your performance on the field, you know, that obviously helps you get to the point of taking an official visit. But 
as far as, you know, my top three things, it's going to be my first one, just likability. You know, do, do I like the kid? You know, like if, I don't know, like, do I think he's a good fit? I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not in the locker room. I don't, I'm not around the team as much as coaches and the guys, but for me, like, I just want to know, are, are you a good, do I think you're a good fit? The next piece is, you know, your attitude. You know, we'll have some guys who, who love every single thing that we do. And then, you know, maybe you'll have a guy that, you know, he, he thinks he's better than this. You know, I don't have to, I don't want to do this. I want to go do something else. And, and that, and that's, that's fine. But the manner in which you say that, right. The manner in which you kind of carry yourself. And that kind of brings me to number three, which is just your overall attitude and body language. If you're, if we're at an event, you're kind of sitting in the corner, hands folded, that attitude the whole time, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, that's, that's not really jumping out at me, you know, in a positive way. And then how do you interact with your parents? I guess that's something, that's something I never really had to think about until the last couple of years. Um, how do you interact with your mom? Are you, are you respectful? Um, do you, do you respect your mom? Do you respect your elder? Do you respect, you know, people of authority? Are you talking back to your mom over nothing? Right. So I guess those are my main three things. Cause at the end of the day, you know, you want good people in that locker room. You want good people on your team. And just, are, are you a good dude? I think the likability thing is, is so important. Like we're going to be with this guy like year round and we're going to be stuck with him on campus and academics is have, going to have to deal with him too. So it's like, can he survive here and can he thrive? Cause it's, it's like, there's definitely levels to it. And I, I feel like from a roster building standpoint, certain personalities are non-negotiable, right? Like quarterback comes in the room and he's got that kind of mopey, uh, zero presence, hands folded, like you said, in the corner of the room, like that's a major concern. Now, if it's like a defense lineman who's a 14-year-old or a 15-year-old, right? Like there, there's some context to that for, for everyone listening. Um, I, I really like the parent interaction thing too, just because you get a feel for, maybe not on the coachability side, but the respect um, I think that is so transferable, especially to on the field, receiving like constructive criticism. Like that's huge, especially as you try, as you want to get higher and higher in football. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, I think most or the majority of our official visitors over the summer came with a parent or both parents and just seeing how, you know, just respectful, including their parents, including their parents, not only in their visit, but in their decision-making as well, you know, just taking their input, just being respectful. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. I, I don't think kids realize that that gets you a long way, you know, just being polite, being respectful. You can, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. So just something little like that, just being able to talk to people, making eye contact um, more. Than, and, you know, some kids, again, everyone was raised different. 
Right. So you never know what a kid goes through un unless you do that, you know, that really deep dive. So I'm not saying, you know, just because he doesn't say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, that's that's a bad thing because kids come from all walks of life. Kids go through all kinds of different things. But, you know, just being able to just show that general respect, eye contact, that kind of thing. I mean, I think that takes you a long way. At least yeah. with me, it does. No, no, it really does. And and I would add to that, too. Um, going back to what you said, like you want to empower the kid, you want to make the conversation um, inviting for him to jump into. Right. So we want to talk about stuff that he cares about, like do some home, like recruiting staff members, do some homework before kid shows up, like go through his likes, go through what he retweets, go through who he talks to, who does he reply to, who does he talk about on his team? And then that can kind of carry on. And it goes back to like, how are we documenting our conversations with recruits? Like, you know, okay, he told us that his sister just had surgery. Like, why are we not following up? Like he told mm -hmm. us that his mom's birthday is coming up. Okay. Like let's send something to her. So, um, what are some kind of like tips and tricks as far as kind of your prep or kind of, I don't want to say like FBI work, but really we are like full-time stalkers when it comes to recruits and knowing everything about their lives. But what, what are your kind of quick tips and tricks for, for people that work in recruiting? Well, for me, I think it kind of goes back to beginning of 2020 when we did all of our Zoom, when I did all our Zoom visits. So um, once, you know, the NCAA kind of opened up the door for support staff to be on calls and everything, once I was able to be on some of those calls, you know, it's, you know, taking notes about kids and even something as little as saying, my, my sister attends Georgia State. Just, you can just say that in passing. He was making just notes of that. So then when he does eventually get on campus, it's, hey, you know, your sister, how's your sister doing? How's she like class? That kind of thing. So I think following up on like little things that they say, maybe they don't think it's, it's as important, but just, just list, listening to the kid, just picking up on little tidbits like that. Um, I do my fair share of Twitter stalking, uh, Facebook, Instagram is a big one. Um, so Facebook is so good about birthdays. I'm terrible. Yes. I have a terrible memory. Like yes. I'm like a goldfish over here and <laughs> like Facebook notifications like, oh, it's, it's my uncle's birthday or not, not, not throwing shade at my uncle, but just, <laughs> just the, for instance, right? Yeah. And you know, these kids, a lot of them don't have Facebook anymore, but their parents do. So being able to, if I'm connecting with mom, we add each other on Facebook, you know, she's sharing pictures, she's sharing things about uh, another son or daughter doing X, Y, Z, you know, just gathering all of that information, things like that, that's helpful. And, and honestly, even, even if a kid, you know, doesn't, you know, commit to Georgia Tech, if he goes elsewhere, you know, just learning about that family, learning about just building that relationship, you know, like I'm still investing in kid, just being able to maybe later on down the line, you, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but just, you know, gathering all that information I can, um, social media is huge, obviously. And just once they get on campus, it's obviously been so much easier talking to kids once you're touring them around the facility and once they get more comfortable, they'll start opening up a little bit more. Um, but from social media side, 
actually having them on campus, just making them comfortable. Once you're comfortable, like you'll, you'll, you'll open up a little bit more, you'll say a little bit more. So I'd say, like you mentioned, like doing your, doing your prep work, you know, know who you're bringing in, know who he's bringing with them. So if he's bringing mom and dad, awesome. If he's bringing a teammate for an unofficial visit, okay. Kind of get that piece of it. Um, bringing a girlfriend, bringing a friend, you can kind of piece together how either the visit's going to go, how the kid, who, who the kid thinks is important to him. Um, a couple cycles ago, we had um, a recruit. He always brought the same two or three teammates with him. And you pick up very quickly, okay, these guys are very important to him. He doesn't, you know, he rarely comes here by himself. You know, he always brings his best friends with him. So you pick up on those kinds of things. Like these guys are super important with him. And of course, we love them up just like we love up that recruit that we're recruiting. Um, so just kind of, you know, picking up on things like that. Um, just remembering those things and, you know, just taking that information and just moving forward and building that relationship even further with the kid. I like the um, who's in his circle, like like who's his entourage, and like let's treat them all as one. Exactly, and when they're with friends, they're obviously going to be cutting up a little bit more. They'll be talking more. Let their guard down a little bit, you know. Like exactly. you, you get like the real side of them instead of kind of like the mm -hmm. all right, this is who I'm trying to present myself as. Like I want to mm -hmm. know like what you're about because when you're right. here, you're going to be a part of our team. Like we're gonna get to see that. Let's let's mm -hmm. see what that is now and see if that's a good fit, both for you and for us. Because I think your players will have a better feel for a kid if he's not putting on a mask and trying to be some you know presidential recruit, right? Exactly. I would rather you know a prospect come on campus with his buddies, cutting up, you know, being himself, than him just coming by himself, being stoic, closed off. And that kind of goes back to with if we're pairing our players with recruits, you know, just being able to pair them with the right people. I'm sorry, pair pair the recruits with your right players to make them feel comfortable, make them, you know, comfortable enough to be themselves. So they're not they don't have to be this quiet, uh, closed off kid that, you know, they're just there for the experience. You know, we want at the end of the day, like. I want them to have fun. I want them to enjoy themselves. I want them to be themselves. Um, just when you're taking your visit, you know, you take everything and you know who you are as a person. You know what fits, you know what doesn't. So just being able to go on campus, being comfortable with the people you're around, being yourself, you know, that's what's going to help you make the best decision. Am I comfortable around these people? Can I be myself? You know, am I going to enjoy being around this staff and these players for three, four, five years? Yeah. And last little word of advice. If a kid's really quiet, you already know that. Don't necessarily pair him up with another quiet kid on your team <laughs> because that could get really awkward and really boring for the recruit. Get somebody that's going to open up the player and like initiate the conversation and get him in front of people that will make him feel comfortable. Um, because sometimes it's smart to get guys that'll put guys out of their comfort zone uh, because they, they need to kind of be pushed. Oh, no doubt. 
like we're, you know, I've been around kids who they, you know, they just in general just don't say a lot. That's just how they are. And, and that's perfectly fine. So when I'm trying to, you know, either pair a kid or what have you, I'm not going to pair them with the loudest person in the room because then it gets uncomfortable. But I'm going to try to get someone that's more, that's definitely outgoing, um, that's not super, super over the top. Someone that, you know, that prospect's going to be comfortable enough to start to open up a little bit more, you know, and, and just enjoy themselves. Recruiting shouldn't be just a, a, just this task. You know, you should, these kids and us just enjoy the process, meet people, and just enjoy the overall process. Yeah, and I, I want to let you get out of here. Uh, and I, I really appreciate you making time in season. Uh, God bless you. Uh, it's it's 8.45 p.m. your time. So thank you again. Um, before we go, like like you just said, it's all. It also applies to recruiting staff members. Have fun with it, right? Like, Tylen Wallace signed with Oklahoma State. We we were one of the first offers at Houston, and we really didn't have a shot after his junior year because he blew up. But he came on a junior day and taught me how to bowl, and now I'm in love with bowling when it comes to OVs. So like, you can always learn something from these families that come by, even if you don't sign them. So. Uh, for the recruiting assistant, the entry-level person, maybe it's a student intern that just wants to maybe have more fun with it. Like, what's what's your word as we kind of close this show off to, to those recruiting assistants? Enjoy the process. You know, sometimes you'll get these kids on campus just once. Sometimes you'll get them on campus three, four times. Every time you do it, you know, it's always going to be something different. So just enjoying the process, getting to know the kid, have, letting the kid get to know you and really, you know, be, being yourself. I mean, that's this very cliche because again, like these kids, these kids know, just be able to enjoy the overall process and helping the kid make the best decision for himself. Because um, a lot of times, you know what, the kid might visit campus and it, it's not a fit and that's okay. But making sure that that prospect just has, you know, the best possible experience here, as well as yourself too, you know, just being able to enjoy showing, showing your campus, showing everything that you have to offer to the kid and just putting your best foot forward. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. You're not going to hit on every single prospect, but giving it your best shot and giving it the best overall experience for yourself and to the prospect as well. Love it. Thank you so much. And, of course. Uh, we will, Thank you for having me again. I, it's absolutely, it's my pleasure. And uh, where can we find and follow you? What's your Twitter handle again? Twitter handle is Karina H underscore G T. C A R I N A underscore G T. All right. Best of luck this week. Okay, Karina. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. You too.